was having a real good day today. Um, the new Thor movie trailer came out. It looks really good. Um, Kendrick Lamar announced a new album. I'm pretty pumped about that coming out in a few weeks. And then Twitter had some awful Dylan Larkin takes. We had a new Darren McCarty video for you know reasons. And then uh, then it was announced that Dylan Larkin would be out for the whole season or the rest of the season, excuse me. And um, yeah, my day went to the went to the shitter basically. So I don't know about how your guys' Monday went, but mine wasn't too great now. My Monday was uh, the same as every other Monday, except I saw that on Twitter as well. Yeah, it was interesting. Like a verified a verified Twitter account too. It, and what it, what kind of article was that? You you saw that one I'm talking about, right? Uh no. I I did not actually. I thought you were talking about just the injury. Oh no, no, no. Yeah, I was talking there's an article that started the Larkin discourse and then all of a sudden it was announced that Dylan Larkin would be out for the rest of the year. So Oh, like yeah. the article was like ripping Larkin apart? No, it was an article from I don't even want to say it. It was a um, Red Wings blog that like they said um, they questioned whether or not Larkin should be the captain of the team. Oh, yeah. Oh, I saw (laughs) I saw the headline of that, actually. Yeah, pretty clickbait. I can read it. I was not going to give I was not going to give the guy a click. I would have I would have agreed with it if if we still had Luke Lukowski. But (laughs) now that he's gone, I think that's just out the window. Larkin's the only guy deserving of it. Yeah, he's the only guy that could challenge for it. Yeah, I mean, also sure. also being a good Michigan guy, like that's the only only other way I could see it. Exactly. Um, man, yeah. So obviously we'll get into the. Actually, we got some break like that. Finally, some breaking news like happens right before the show. You know what I mean? They got worked out pretty well. Um, but yeah, we'll get into that. But um, yeah, first a quick word from our. Actually, I'll start off with the intro. Um. Hi, welcome to the Production Line Podcast. I'm your host, Garth Wickham. Grant Wickham. Andy. Yeah, uh, we'll start off with a quick word from our show sponsor and friends of Inside the Rink, BetUS. BetUS has your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines for their 27th year of live betting. Sign up for BetUS.com with promo code RINK for 125% sign-up bonus. Again, use promo code RINK for 125% sign-up bonus. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry. BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. So, yeah. Um, man, talking about these, breaking down these games, uh, not a lot of fun. I did a lengthy article about how the Red Wings are kind of just coasting to the finish line it's not going too well i honestly could throw these games in a bag shuffle them up and you give me a play from any of the games and i i would not be able to tell you what happened uh buffalo officially passed us in the standings too congrats oh don't carson. worry yeah don't worry I, I texted carson as soon as it happened and it was funny so he was on um his stuff with train wreck that uh, Dwayne guy from buffalo so carson's yeah. like on the show a lot and carson like talked about me like texting him about um <laughs> buffalo passing detroit i thought that was really funny um but yeah, yeah that's the tale of two teams and i want to tie that in too but um yeah we could start off with that terrible ottawa game and 4-1 loss uh tim stutzler scores two empty netters to finish this game which is just kind of funny that it looks it looks deceiving because he scores two goals but like i mean he did have a good game but he i don't know what he does dive a lot. That one play with um, who do you who was it against on the Leafs that he had that thing with last weekend? It was Nylander. It was, 
that was the worst thing I've seen. Like I was kind of on Stutzla's side for a little bit, but uh, that changed my mind. I'm still quickly. on his side. Really? Yeah. What thing, are you talking about Gallagher calling him out or what happened with between him Yeah, and Gallagher. Him? Gallagher was calling him out. I'm like, okay, he's kind of making that up. And then all of a sudden, like, people start seeing things more. I'm like, oh, maybe not. I guess I, I, what's wrong with diving if you get away with it? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it, that one, like, that one especially pissed me off. <laughs> <Jesus>. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all <What's>... right. <laughs> I can go out on tangent, but okay. <laughs> yeah, Grant, Grant's like, Grant likes to take the side of the rat in every side of conversation. Like, his favorite player is Brad Marchand. So, <laughs> no, he's not my favorite player. I just, I love the way he plays. Yeah, because you played just like that. You dive too, coward. It's <laughs> not nice. BM six three taking a ricochet shots. Yeah, yeah. I don't like. I don't know what it is. The Sens just are our kryptonite this year. I mean, we were the nineteen twenty Montreal Canadiens kryptonite, and the Ottawa Senators just have our number this year. I don't know what it is. That and rookie goal scorers with their hat tricks and stuff like that. You know? Also, it's true. That nineteen twenty <laughs> team of Montreal wasn't terrible. Where the Red Wings are terrible, mm-hmm. so that should be brought up too. I mean, the 1920 Red Wings were arguably worse. Well, yeah, and Ottawa isn't as bad. Ottawa's just as good as Red Wings this year. I like how you worded just as good, not just as bad. Sorry, yeah, just as bad. I uh, why am I oh, why? Half, half glass full today? I'm yeah, yeah, they're yeah. just as trash. Shouldn't have said anything, Garth. Jeez. I know. I should. I know. I was, I was like, kind of looking forward to a positive Grant episode. You know, it's a rare. Well, you you almost had it. And then you I did. I couldn't let it go. Yeah. I, I couldn't. I knew some, I, I, I wouldn't have been able gone. to. I would not have been able to move past the fact that Grant was positive. I the whole show would have been ruined. It would have been like us doing the doing the intro twice. You know, a little behind the <laughs> behind the scenes uh, look there. Um, Grant, you had something interesting about uh, Jacob Ron in this game. Yeah, Jacob Verana is probably one of the most talented goal scorers, which makes it okay to me when he has an off game, unlike the player that was on the opposite side of the trade, which was Mantha, where Mantha would have a ton of off games, and his off games, he would be miserable to watch. And he wasn't the type of player where – if the puck touches a stick in the ozone, there's a 50% chance the puck goes in the net. Right. So when his off game is off, you the the puck is gonna be in the back of the your own team's net. Uh Jacob Rada had the worst game he's had in a Red Wings uniform. And I wasn't particularly bugged by it. I was gonna yeah, I, no. I was thinking he's gonna have these games, especially the way he plays. It was terrible to watch, quite frankly, but then you think about how one bounce goes his way and the puck ends up kind of sticking the slot. There's a good chance it's going to go in the net. That's the kind of player he is. So he was miserable to watch on Tuesday, but then you look at that. Yeah. And you bring up the, he can score off one shot, which at the end of the game, I know we're kind of like skipping ahead from goals and whatnot, but like, it doesn't really matter in my opinion, but um, yeah, at the end, we're, we're in a six on five situation. The goalie pulled. You go Rasmussen and Sunquist. Now, granted, I think I think Rasmussen's earned his ice time there, but Jacob Rana is a goal scorer who can score off one shot. I'm sorry, but you he needs to be out there in that situation if you yeah. want to win. 
it doesn't make any sense to me. That one was crazy. And the, it the was almost only... like he was like stacking up like Blashill. He was like stacking up two units and he was like going to go back to back with them. I think maybe that's a reason. But like, again, that doesn't make any sense when it's a one goal game. The only argument to me about that is how bad Verona was on the power play that game. He was horrendous. Every pass was off the mark and his break-ins were so sloppy that it was a turnover at the blue line every time. So if you look at it from that knowledge, but it's Blashill and I don't look at it from that knowledge, (laughs) I could see a world where you don't throw him out there on the six on five. It's the same thing. And it's not the same thing. I won't go there, but yes, I, I do. Do think there's a world where that would be okay with me, but yes, I agree. One shot, one goal. Yeah, and I felt like the you made the point about the passing and the passing in this whole game was terrible. I mean, Philip Peronic could not move a puck to save his life. He was never a great like I don't think he was really ever a great puck mover from his own end, but he constantly misses sticks in a breakout situation. It's awful. Um, I'm I'm so sick of him at this point. It's pretty bad. How about Austin Watson being the Red Wing killer? That's kind of fun. Andy, he's an animal. I love that guy. Actually, no, I don't, I don't say I love that guy because I don't like the sense at all. But um, he seems like he's a beauty, though. <laughs> like I, when I the small like little thing that I see from the sense, he's he's yeah. just a he just like seems like a, a team morale guy and gets his job done. And gritty, hard hard nosed player. Yeah, right. And Austin of course. And of course, on that goal, like Norris and Matthew Joseph both assist on it. Just the two Red Wing killers this year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the only goal the Red Wings scored was honestly kind of a it was kind of a greasy one on the power play. Cider shot it wide. He was it looked like he was shooting for Sunquist's stick in front. Bounces in the back, and then Bertuzzi bank like gets the puck off the bank and then scores. Um, I saw people saying like that was an intentional shot for. Bertuzzi, which I don't think was the case. It was, I think it was pretty intended for Sunquist off the side there. I don't know if you guys saw it differently though. I barely remember it. I'm not going to lie. I, I, ever since Otto was brought up, I just keep thinking about how Brady Kachuk and uh, Josh Norris went to the bar after the game against Toronto and were singing karaoke. I'm so uh, glad you brought that up. So that, I, I, I can't get anything awesome. out, of my, out of my head. I, like people are like ripping on them. I'm like, dude, they're having fun. Who cares? Yeah, they're, their season's over at this point. They're still showing up to play. <laughs> Who gives a shit? That's what I'm they're, saying. They're competing. Like, they are competing. Yeah, they are competing. doing what the Red Wings are not doing. And that, that's the thing with the Sens too. So like, my roommate in college, he's a Sens fan, and like, so they've been in this stage where they're out of the playoffs early for the last four, five, six seasons. Really, whatever, however long it's been since they lost to Pittsburgh in the conference finals but like 17 yeah 17 so they they uh they always compete still though like they might be in blown out but they're still out there playing hard like i go back to like one of our first early episodes after the first game of the year yeah we lost got blown away by tampa bay but the wings were competing and it was exciting to watch so like as a fan you want your team to compete right like my buddy, he gets pissed off all the time. He's like, oh, the Sens suck. They're brutal, this and that. I was like, yeah, but at least they go out there and try most nights. Like, they want to be there, kind of. That's the thing. I, so, like, I, I wrote about that in my article, like, went out today on, like, the Red Wings, like, slumping. But, like, I compared 
Buffalo and Detroit in the sense that you look at how Buffalo has been under a coach that's only been there for 13 months and how much they've bought into a system and how much they enjoy playing for Don Granado and how well they're playing down the stretch of a season that that is technically lost. Right. And you see like all the progress from young players doing well, like you Tage Thompson is just like a star in this league. Now you have Jeff Skinner I and mean, he's not young, but he's like rejuvenated. Um, you have contributions constantly from Rasmus Dahlin and Dylan Cousins. And you look and then you move to the Red Wings and you just see they're beaten down. They don't, they're not engaged. They get scored on once and you know they're going to lose that game. The body language is awful. And that comes from the coach. And the fact that the Red Wings, like, can you say over the past seven years, the Red Wings have had any identity at all? Losing. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Like a, besides, like a losing mentality, pretty much. You, but you look at like but we, we look at the Sens too, right? Like you look at the Sens. What, what are the Sens' nickname? Pesky Sens. Pesky Sens. Yeah, they play hard. They show up and play hard. That's like my biggest my biggest gripe at this time of the year is like I like I'm gonna watch every game like I'm a fan and that's what's gonna happen. But the fact that I have to watch garbage this down this stretch is. I shouldn't have to like the, like Larkin has said it in a couple press conferences. So did Alex Nelkovich. The guys had the guys are playing for jobs, playing for pride of the team, and obviously it's not enough. Yeah, what was his one? Was it yesterday that he just Larkin just kind of threw like everyone under the bus? Yeah, good. Three, like like and I was like, well, I'm surprised it took this long to do it, but like it, like that that's a conversation that maybe not publicly, but that should have been had and even publicly actually to light some fire under their asses but like a month and a half ago like early february i when started started to slump and stopped competing games night in night out i kind of want to say though to you everything starts you you go down to zero and after the first period right and they had that comeback win versus boston recently but you go down to zero or something like that it's it's it starts with coaching like you said but it also comes from a locker room right it's almost as if there is no chemistry going on there you have to be one with your team and to be able to bounce back from a 2-0 deficit right i don't know i don't see it as simple as black and white as blasho sucks you he's the reason why they can't solve a comeback. Right. I, I don't know. The same thing with the Leafs and their third period flaws. Yeah. To me, it's not no, just coaching. It's happened with multiple different coaches. Yeah. I, I don't think, yeah, I don't think it's, yeah. For the Red Wings, I don't think it's all on Blaschel, but again, like a lot of it stems from him. And then we look at the system that we've been playing with over the past, whatever now two months, is low event and hope and hope that the goalies can bail us out for 46 saves a night and will us into a win, which is just not realistic. Not realistic. Especially for that stretch there we had the last few weeks where our goalies weren't necessarily NHL level, I'd say. (laughs) Well, yeah. And if if you don't want to average five goals a game that you just don't play that system when you have struggling goalies and struggling defense. Yeah. You don't play a system where you get hemmed in your own zone and try and defend some of the most top offensive teams in the league. Unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, (laughs) we're not the 2019-2020 Islanders. 
where we can right. shut it down and win a game two one. It's all great and all, but it's just not happening. We don't have we don't have the guys on the back end to do. We don't have the defensive forwards either to pull that off. It's just no. not a realistic system for us. We don't have Luke um, Lukowski anymore. Yeah, no, <laughs> we don't. Or Marty or Marty Furk. Oh, yeah. Did you see what did he score his 39th of the year in the AHL the other night? Shocked. He's so good. I love that man. Uh, one of my favorite random Red Wings of all time, for sure. Um, but yeah, man, that game like that game just left a sour taste in my mouth. And then, of course, I would just start off a week that would continue that for the most part. I mean, there are a couple things in the like we had. Obviously, we move on to Carolina now, where the Red Wings did win three nothing, but they tried their hardest not to. But Alex Nedeljkovic decided that you know what, I'm going to steal this game. 46 save shutout, which is the second most saves in a shutout, only behind Terry Sawchuk, I think it was, in Red Wings history for a win. That's crazy. Yeah, he showed up to play. He was so good, and I was so happy for him, considering it's against Carolina as well. Um, that and he, he just he, – I feel like he needs that kind of victory, you know what I mean, for his confidence. He was in Carolina too, no? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, I was, I was kind of like – I was tweeting out, oh, we got another ESPN Plus game, but luckily it was Bucci. We got that for us. He did call Michael Rasmussen Michael Samuelson at one point. So I was like, oh, that's something I didn't want to hear ever again. But whatever, it's fine. I did. You miss Michael Samuelson? Yeah. Uh, Also, yeah, the fact that he came out and literally one of the most historic franchises, he's able to create a second place spot on a leaderboard for a franchise that's been around that long is so incredible, but it's just basically I blow another rug for how poorly the Red Wings have been playing. <laughs> yeah. It's so like, oh, man, I, I like, I'm pumped for him. Like I loved what he like, I was pretty confident. I like once we got through the first period, I'm like, we're going to win this game simply because Alex Nelkovich is on one. Um, Yeah. It, it should never have came to that again. Like the Red Wings played the same. They didn't play any different than what they did the night before, like the against Ottawa. It was the same thing. We just happened to score three goals that arguably probably couldn't have happened, like shouldn't have happened. Like Ranta didn't have his best night. Um, I mean, you look at – I liked the – the Dylan Larkin play to Moe Sider was really nice. I loved that. Like come into the zone, he uh, – no look pass back to Sider, who finally – again, he's in the spot and shoots and scores. I think that was his first um, – pretty sure it was his first even strength goal of the year, not including the empty netter. That he's scoring in Edmonton. I'm pretty sure that's his first even strength goal. Five three, on five. three game winners now, or four. Um, he's he got the two overtimes in the Carolina game, and does he have another one? I don't think so. I think that'd be three game winners. Yeah, maybe I'm missing one. I don't know. Um, yeah, was the Philly was the Philly one a game winner? I could not tell you. That might be one. So either three or four. Again, crazy. That's. He's so clutch. I love watching him play too. And it was such a great play. I mean, him, Bertuzzi, and Larkin kind of just circling through as that obviously finally something happening offensively in that game. But um, yeah, quite that was nice to see. And then um, Mitchell Stevens kind of making his impact at uh, kind of a minute level at being a fourth line center. But I thought he's played pretty well considering um, throws it to the front of the net. Adam Ernie cleans up the rebound. I was happy for bigger and he kind of has game. He does good games against Carolina. Just the team team. He plays good against. 
Is it a coincidence or no? I think I texted this, but Adam Ernie looks good when he's on the fourth line and looks horrible when he's on any other line besides the fourth. I kind of like him with Mitchell Stevens. I think it's because he's on a fourth line. He's a fourth. He's no more than a fourth line player ever. He shouldn't ever be played on the third or second line. And uh, when you're feeling crazy, the first line, even when he's in his Luke Glendening mindset, Blashill is Adam Ernie shouldn't see more than fourth line minutes. And typically when he has been put in those minutes where he's playing anywhere from eight to 11 to 12 a night, he has energy the whole game and he's moving his feet and hitting finishing checks. That's the kind of fourth liner you want in my eyes. Yeah, definitely. Like his little output at the end of last season, I think, gave us the uh, red wing colored glasses on him and we thought well maybe he can be a good third liner and he got a contract that would you know kind of say he's a third line player now you know 2.1 million per year to the expensive fourth liner but again we don't really have to worry about money at this point with the red wings so i mean if he could play like that all the time like that's a useful fourth liner as you were saying but the issue is we've only seen that whatever a few like a handful of games this season but he's only played fourth line a handful of games that's the problem. Yeah. He's been on the third or second line all year, and it's been horrible. It's been literally my eyes bleed every game. Is that harsh? Maybe. I don't know. I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with it. So, sorry, Adam, if you're listening, but you are not a third liner. <laughs> he occasionally uh, he likes people's tweets occasionally, which is kind of funny. Like he'll uh, see people tweeting about him, he'll like it. So, I mean, I won't. Te- we won't tweet about him in, out, on this episode, but. Uh, yeah, Andy, what do you think? Tag, I was gonna say tag him in the uh, in the podcast release uh, uh, tweet at Adam Ernie. <laughs> but no, um, well, I think you guys know what I think. My uh, my response to Grant's text was was pretty stellar, in my opinion. It is a coincidence <laughs> that he's playing that he's playing good because doesn't matter what line he's on, he's always <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh my god, ruthless, ruthless. Uh... Again, it's it's tough because like I feel at this point in the season, it's kind of like how he was in 1920. Like he could not win anyone over. I mean, he had two goals in like 60 games that season. And then obviously last season he was pretty good. He had led the team in goals. And this season again, it's kind of been the same thing. I mean, he has six on the year, which is better than two, but not much better. It's he's on he's producing like a fourth line player, though. So if you take the contract away, not bad. I mean, again, it's only a one-year contract, so I shouldn't really compare to the contract to being that bad. But Yeah, he's producing like a fourth liner that plays way more than fourth line minutes. That's the only problem. Yeah, he's playing – I think he's averaging like 13 on the year, and he should be playing like eight. Yeah. No, yeah, I agree. Like, I think playing with Mitchell Stevens, the guy who moves his feet pretty well and getting in on the cycle and on the forecheck, I think that's big for Ernie. That's where he really – like is, is his best. Okay, argument time. He played with Vlaslav Domestikov all season, and he did not move his feet at all. Yeah, it's true. He it's doesn't true. like Russians. Must be that. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Must be. Um, yeah. The only thing that my <laughs> the one thing I still hate about Ernie's game, even when he's playing good, he loves to do that like quick wrap at the net and then just blindly throw it across the crease and hopefully someone's there. Rarely works. <laughs> But it's kind of like you, you got to get excited every time because he seems excited about it. I'm going to defend him here because I do that in men's league all the time and it freaking works, man. 
Well, men's okay. Yeah, yeah, I, was, <laughs> be a, I, I, I hate to rip on your men's league, but there might be a tad bit of a skill gap. Oh, we have some NHL players in there. Yeah? I, well, ex-NHL players, not current, obviously. Like, I was going to say, does Adam Ernie fly up and he plays plays beer league every now and again? He plays Adam on our fourth line goalie. there, too. Adam, Adam goalie, really plays on our no, he plays on our fourth line in, in beer league too. Well, finally, he put him in the role he just <laughs> role he needs. Yeah, I'm saying oh like, God. hey, Steve, if you need a coach next year, my yeah, number is it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Um, and then like uh, following the, the after this is the the Red Wings like Carolina kind of lost momentum. Um, and we had Philip Zadina finally score a goal that he probably shouldn't have after, you know, a season where he had plenty of other chances where he probably should have scored somewhere, um, which I was happy about. Again, I'm not saying this wasn't a good shot. I mean, it was a classic Zadina from last season. And Grant, you really, you talked about this in the, like in our preseason episodes a lot, how Zadina was such a hound on the back check. And he, he came back and made this play happen by back checking, created it, and then shot through Ian, Ian Cole. It was a one-on-two shot through Ian Cole and ripped it home. There's so many times this year where Zadina, instead of taking a puck to the middle, he'll drive wide and take a shot from nothing. And there's times where it's a one-on-one or something. In this case, it was a one-on-two, and he cut to the middle and took a risk, a, a harmless shot, and it kind of was on edge a little bit, and a goofy shot at that, and caught Ranta off guard and went in. But there will be times where he's one-on-one, and I've seen so many times that he just drives – he lets the defenseman take him really far out and just takes a terrible shot from a terrible angle. And why not try to make a move? I saw last game against Florida, he tried toe-dragging a guy. I'm all there for it if it's a one-on-one. Why not try that? Literally last year on the power play, he was the break-in. By himself. No one else was doing anything. He was the only one doing anything on a break-in for a power play. And he, I would say roughly 60% of the time he'd get in the zone by himself. And yeah. that, those, that's pretty good numbers for Red Wings break-in. Mm-hmm. And he was doing that with his hands. Why not use your hands more? Yeah, exactly. And he's he had all that. I mean, he still has all the talent. He just seems to, I don't know if it, again, I don't know if it's coaching, trying to coach out of them. Um, I mean, I might be, I might be reaching on that, but, um, again, it just seems like he's shied away from it most of the year and he's relied on just trying to go wide and play on the perimeter and try to shoot from the outside, which isn't, you can't do that. That's why his shooting percentage is just garbage. Well, that's the thing. It might be like, it's like, like in a long roundabout way, it might be from coaching though, because <clears throat> I mean, he's in the doghouse all the time for whatever reason. Right. So like lack of confidence in the sense where if he's always getting yelled at or pee whacked or whatever for doing, trying to make those plays. And then like, why would he try doing that? Cause then that's just going to, his ice time is just going to go out the window. The very little he had for, or still kind of gets for the stretch of the season. Like why, like just, just killing his confidence. So if he's trying to make those plays and it turns into a turnover or it doesn't even work out, and then he goes back to the bench, then he's sitting there for the rest of the period or rest of the game or whatever it may be. Well, it's just kind of indirectly telling the guy not to use his skill, which is weird. Yeah, again, but, he, I, I like I like that point. He's like he's it's almost like he's playing safe. Right, yeah, which 
which if if, if like in his, if I'm in his boots, I'd probably try to do be doing the same thing too because I want to get back on the ice. Like, you know, I'd rather be on the ice and sit on the bench. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And again, like with a young skill guy, and I keep comparing to teams that have re- like the t- teams that are rebuilding and have good coaches, like Marty St. Louis and what he did with Cole Caulfield. Like I, I, it's hard for me to, to imagine not to like, not to imagine Philip Zina with a different coach and actually succeeding and playing to his strengths. I'm not saying he's going to be, you know, first line player ever, but he's still got top six talent and it's just, he's not in a system that's benefiting him. In my opinion. Um, yeah. Moving off of this game, um, going to New York and, that game i mean grant grant said he didn't even watch it but um it didn't miss much i i thought grice was gonna show up again against uh the rangers again he was i think he's what i think five oh and one in his career against the rangers and at msg he was undefeated and oh no the red wings absolutely got stomped on for nothing um shots were 38 to 20 i mean you put up 20 goals on the road you're not gonna win a game <laughs> putting 20 shots 20 shots on that it's not happening um yeah i it was hard for me to like gain anything from this game like it was kind of a continuation of three periods against ottawa two periods against carolina and then obviously a full game of this um all i know all i knew is that when alexi lafreniere was scratched the game before and then came back in the lineup i'm like oh yeah he's gonna have a good game against the red wings and uh yeah he did he was looked he a real scratch good. or just battling something no he was scratched uh yeah again gerard gallant i'm not sure how good he coach he is for the, this rangers team i mean everyone else is doing great but the young guys haven't been so yeah that's my biggest question mark there but again whatever uh but yeah lafreniere looked real good and it's he's finally coming to his own a little bit and it, it was kind of due to uh who got injured in the it was kako kako got hurt higher up in the lineup and then because Lafreniere start, was slotted in the fourth line and then he started playing more minutes and that's why he, he was able to get more ice time but the one goal he toasted Larkin on I was like yup this is not great I was not feeling good about that one that was a nice goal and I don't know how Grice bites so hard on a fake shot there from that far out there's no there's no reason he's me that far out of the net none he just he did like I didn't see the I didn't see that so I was peeking peeking in and out of the game so okay yeah like so Lafreniere is like basically at the hash marks he fakes the shot and Lar- or not no he's closer to the top of the circle fakes fakes the shot Larkin goes to block the shot Lafreniere throws it between his legs and Grice committed to the shot you can't really see it in the camera shot but he commits and Lafreniere just pulls it between between his legs and just backhand shelves it from distance and Grice oh, yeah. is so committed to the shot that he can't get over to stop it, which I don't know why you are that far out. You don't have to be. Right. Right. I see. I only uh, saw the clip of the clip of him putting it in. I didn't see what, how that came apart or how that yeah. came to as fruition. A, as a goalie, you come out of the, you, when a player is shooting from that far out though, you make yourself big and come out. Right. And your players already going down. You follow that and come out. I don't know. They both got burnt so bad, and there's nothing good to take from that. Larkin no, and yeah, Grice no. Both got made look looked stupid on that play. Yeah, I yeah, that was a tough one for me because like 
again, I like, I always want to defend Dylan Larkin. And it's just like on that one. I'm like, yeah, there's no hiding you on that one. That was bad. There was also that weird play with Frank Vetrano that Larkin hit Vetrano late. Like it was after he scored and Vetrano still, and he still finished his hit on Vetrano. And I know Vetrano had comments after the game saying that like we sent him home with his tail between his legs. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Enjoy your time, man. Like playing on the first line in New York won't last long, but anyway, I, yeah. So that was a weird one. I didn't know what Larkin was actually thinking on that. I don't know. Grant, did you see that or no? I did not. I saw his, his little comment though. Yeah. Yeah. It was a weird one. I like, I don't, I don't really have an opinion on it. Nothing really happened out of it. Like Larkin kind of hit him. Like people kind of gather around after, after the goal, but no one ever like pushed Larkin or anything. It was just kind of just it. So it seemed kind of like nothing, which was, but um, yeah, there was also, I turned on, I turned it on for the beginning. And obviously I don't know if you guys are familiar with Bally sports. Uh, Larry Murphy has his Murphy minute or whatever. Murph's minute. Are you talking about the, f- yeah, that I had that on too. That was one of the worst things I've listened to in my life. Yeah. The lacrosse, he thinks the lacrosse goal shouldn't exist. Well, and then his other take was Heronik's the number two defenseman. And the reason he's playing so poorly this year is because Sider has taken his spot as the number one defenseman. So he hasn't been able to adjust not being the number one anymore. Yeah, I had that written down too, which I mean, we can break down in a second. But yeah, the lacrosse There's goal, nothing just, to break down about it. It's just he's – never mind. Are, are we canceling Murph now? Yeah. I mean, we, no, but I just think the – I think the – how do I say Because I take offense honestly? to both those things. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm, I, I'm not going to rip on Murph. I'm going to more so rip on Valley Sports for this segment because it feels like trying to recreate like the, the coach's corner in a way. It's mm. like, okay, let's get old man to yell about new things in hockey for a minute. And it's just like very like they're trying to get clips for social media, which like for a local broadcast, you, you're not going to get. So I don't know what they're trying to accomplish with it because I, I think it's kind of it's 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 just kind of a waste, to be honest to me. Yeah. Because you guarantee you, if like obviously, because he's a Red Wings broadcaster, but if that was if a Red Wings player had one or two Michigan goals this year, it'd be the greatest thing on earth in his mind, probably. Yeah, right? he like, wouldn't be saying anything. Like, no, that's that. Yeah, that's I don't I don't like that at all. No, me either. And the Hirona like comment. It. Yeah, he was just, all he said was like Hironic struggled defensively this season. Did not like give any real stats. He's like, yeah, he's just a minus, which plus minus is like somewhat relevant, but not really. Like you need to give some more context of what he's struggling with. So that's why, again, I don't like the minute on that because he only get, he only spent game. like yeah he only spent like fifteen seconds on Peronic and all he said was yeah it's because Sider's number one defenseman now and he's struggling to adapt to being a number two guy. Which, but then he said Philip Peronic to be a two or three guy, which would in you know insinuate that he's going to be a second pair guy. So then doesn't he have to adjust to that? I don't know. Like it shouldn't be an issue that if that's where his strong suit's going to be. Yeah, if he can't adjust, might as well just go get out of the league then. Yeah, like, I don't, that's, I don't, how, I don't, that's how it's going to be. Like, yeah, I don't get, I don't oh get that my. at all. I don't know. I, I Murph. Murph. Yeah, I didn't like that, but again, I think that's just like what Bally Sports like. It's obviously a setup. That's what they wanted, and I don't like it from that sense. So they did, they did my boy Murph dirty. So like I say, I'll always love Larry Murphy. He signed autographs for me and Grant in the Escanaba Menards. We'll never forget that. Why Larry what Murphy a place was in, to be? Yeah, why? Why he was in Escanaba? I still but, don't hey, know why he was there. I <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he was promoting anything. He was he, just there. He was saving big money at Menards. That's what he was doing. No free ads. 
no oh, free ads. No cut free that ads. out. I cut it out. <laughs> I'll cut. I'll cut it in post. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I did not like. That was like the only thing I could take take away from like an actual conversation in this game. Like the game sucked. Shesterkin, like you can't even tell me he played good because he faced twenty shots. <laughs> Nothing came out flat, and I feel bad for again. Like actually, maybe a, maybe a uh, how, what's the term a. Um, I couldn't think of the term, but anyway, positive for Larkin being out for the rest of the season. He hasn't had to answer stupid press conference questions for the rest of the season about why they suck. It's pretty obvious. He so, answers the same silver has, lining. Silver lining. Thank you. I I was like I was thinking like golden something, and I'm like that's not it. The um, golden lining. Yeah, the golden <laughs> lining. Uh, no, it's like I guess that's a silver lining. Is that Larkin doesn't have to answer questions in press conferences for the rest of the year, which I'm 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 quite happy about for him, because I think I think you give him two more games of that kind of performance, I think he would attack someone. He's losing it. Yeah, yeah. You can't blame he him. Needs, no, I think he. What, what do you think he's going to do in his time off, besides recover? I hope like a vacation. Like I hope he goes somewhere warm. Yeah, I know where I think he goes. Where? Dallas, Texas, to see his old boy Luke Dylan Denning. <laughs> oh, what are they gonna do? Is is so is what you're telling me is Luke Glenn Denning's a sleeper agent and they're gonna beat the shit out of Jamie Ben. Yeah, that's, that's what you're telling uh, yeah. me. Pre playoffs too, just, just yeah, before. you end his end his playoffs. I like this. I like this. This is this is good. This is definitely what this is why Luke Glenn Denning signed in Dallas. Not that he knew he was, yeah. you know, he was gonna, long he, run, he knew, long term goals. Yeah, he knew he was gonna play first line minutes. And get the first uh, shift in three on three overtime because, you know, he's an offensive force. Every single game. <laughs> they don't call him cool backhand Luke yeah, for nothing. My hero. Yeah. I, I remember in the, like, our second episode <laughs> we ever did of a first podcast that we, we used to have, Andy, that remains nameless on the show. But um, th- we, we did, we had two cool backhand Lukes with uh, Luke Kutkowski scoring his first NHL goal. And I always think about that. Yeah, I love Lukowski. <laughs> and Glendening too, I guess he's he's a good guy. <laughs> Sorry, no, I like I like I, I like I like Glenny too. I got nothing against Glenny. It's just like he played too much again. It was kind of like Grant's Adam Ernie rant. It's just the same thing. So, he yeah, played too much. It's not repeat. the same thing. Okay, look, Luke Glendening. Luke Glendening's better, but he was serviceable. He just wasn't yeah, good. He, at was. It. he would work hard and not yeah, look. He, he was good enough, it. and he had the effort. Yeah. He's good yeah, enough to have the effort there. Still, like my point remains is that he played too much. Yeah, different Fair. kind of play too much though. Like Ernie yeah. sucks. Fair enough. And yeah, we move into the Florida game where it's just a continuation of the New York Rangers game. Um, Nelkovich versus Knight, and it was a six-one loss. I thought the Red Wings played really good in the first period. Um. To be honest, I don't know if that's more so Florida didn't play well or the Red Wings played well. I, I don't know. It could be a mix of both as well. Um, yeah, we had Bucci Gross again. And then ESPN also decided in the middle of the first period to just cut out completely. That was some, yeah. what yeah. was that? How, like that was for what, like a decent chunk of time. Too. It was like three minutes. Yeah. And guess what? You know what happened like during the play? I had to look it up on Twitter, but Dylan Larkin hit a post. He hit a breakaway and hit the post in that time. Dilly dilly, and we and we unfortunately had to see Barry Melrose break down. Oh, break down the game. He's like, yeah, go. He's like, yeah, the Red Wings. 
I was like, okay. All right. Very. Yeah. yeah, it's enough out of you. Let's go talk about Denver. You know, so you cannot find a bigger suit on earth. I love the I love the picture <laughs> that not Danny Heatley always posts of him like in the suit, like with his like the, him doing like the his hands doing the how to do it to impose. And it's yeah, just his, yeah. his suit pants touching the ground and you can barely see his shoes. Yeah. Like like Barry, you make how much money to be on national TV? You you can order you you can afford a tailored suit. Yeah, I mean, just. Not to mention you were you were a head co- you were a head coach for quite a long time in the NHL. Yeah, you can afford these things, um, but yeah, now this game I thought like Larkin, he stood up for his words and said players need to have pride for wearing the wing wheel. I thought like this was his best game of the week, the first half anyway, before it went to garbage. But he almost scored on that shorthanded chance, um, and that was really fun. Other than that, there wasn't really many true chances. I mean, Zadina almost scored on the power play, which was really fun. Spencer Knight didn't really know what it was. Um, and, yeah, then it was just an onslaught. I mean, I don't really have much notes from, like, the rest. Like, it was just bad. Um, I do want to say, though, I had something for this. Yeah. I wanted to say publicly. I'm going to look in the camera here. Um, I'm putting Alex Barkov under citizen's arrest for drop passing to Anton Lundell in the shorthanded goal after stealing the puck from Lucas Raymond after a bad drop pass. Um, this is a notice to Alex Barkov. Um, you'll be hearing from my lawyer. That was just rude. Hey, Grant. I think he could buy your lawyer. He probably <laughs> could. Probably could. But man, that was. He was dis- that was disgusting. That was, that was just mean. Did you that did you hear? Did you see like this uh, the Finnish broadcast of that? It was posted no. on Twitter. So basically, anyway, it was the Finnish broadcast like calling it, and all of a sudden it's just him laughing because it was Barkov drop pass to Lundell. So he's yeah. dying. He's just dying. Like he didn't call anything. He was just laughing. It was so funny. Um, of course against the Red Wings because why not? But. No, yeah, it was a bad – it was not a great draw pass by Cider. And then Lucas – I don't know what Raymond was doing with the handling. He kind of, like, panicked, and then Barkov just easily stole it from him, and that's what it was. And then Cider tried his best to get back. It took a penalty, and then Barkov is the best player in the Panthers and showed it right there. Yeah, not a, not great. Um, also in the Duclair goal, I saw, like, Prashant Iyer really, like, tweeted at first, and I kind of missed it at first, but then I went back and watched again. Um, Ty Bertuzzi on that goal, not great defense. He was the closest guy to Barkov, the guy who had the puck coming into the zone. He kind of just wagged his stick in the middle of the ice, and Barkov had plenty of lane to pass across to Duclair. Uh, not great. I was, yeah, I, I think it was at the end of a shift as well, which I mean, I guess is kind of an excuse, but also not really. You have, you know, it's easier to give your effort for five seconds and get a clear and then change and then, you know, getting scored on. Right. Or better. Right. Anyway. Maybe not easier, but it's better. Um, yeah. Not much else. I mean, uh, Pew Suter scored. That was cool. Assists uh, from Verona and Zadina. Other than that, I mean, I don't really have much else to take away from this game. What about you guys? Um, uh, nothing really. I just didn't know Verona could get assists. I didn't know I was allowed. There was a goal scorer. That's true. Uh, he was going for his Brandon Peary year. True. That's yeah. So I, I was a little bit surprised as well. I did love how ESPN tried to throw the Red Wings a bone, and it was like, you know, um, <laughs> they were like, 
here are the top available free agents next year. And the Red Wings have $35 million in cap space. It's like, well, after this performance, I'm never going to want to sign with us. So it's kind of funny. But then like, I know Bucci is like um, marrying Vinny Trocek to the Red Wings. And I'm like, don't, don't get my hopes up, man. Don't like, I would love Vinny Trocek with the Red Wings. Perfect second line center. And then he also tweeted something about Brian Russ today, which would be very like I know he doesn't have he doesn't have sources on this, but like he's just kind of throwing out names. I'm pretty sure Brian Russ is a Michigan guy, isn't he? Yes, sir. <clears throat> Pontiac, I believe. Oh, let's sign him up then. Yeah, let's leave Sidney Crosby to come play with Michael Rasmussen. Michael Rasmussen, <laughs> second line <laughs> center. Right. Let's get it going. Yeah. Um. No. Yeah. I, I. I know they have to try to like fill time for both teams, and I do appreciate it, but like. Just saying the Red Wings have cap space. I mean, a lot of teams have cap space. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, like, I don't know. Is, is it just me or is Dom Moore not good at being a like a color analyst? I can't Terrible. listen to him. But off of your point, uh, they have nothing else to talk about. So why wouldn't they talk about cap space? The Red Wings are such a horrible team to talk about right now. Yeah, I agree. Like, and it's unfair. I love, I like, I understand the national broadcast schedule is made like at the beginning of the season. I wish there was some leeway, though. I wish they could factor, like, there's no reason the Red Wings should be on national TV game, whatever, 76 this was, I think, in a losing season like this. That's, there's no, that can't happen. No, if you're going to throw, I feel like they should have a consultant who picks these games that knows, has a rough estimate about how teams are going to be during a season. Do it quarterly. They, the ES or yeah, that that the, would that's what I'm saying. But then you have scheduling issues and stuff with uh, TV networks that are local. I think right. if you, if you do do it at the start of the year, you need someone who's a pretty good consultant and can talk to you about who they think are going to be good and bad because it's it's a lot easier than you'd think about what teams are going to be in the playoffs and what teams aren't. If you, at the beginning, at the beginning of the season, you can give the teams like the Red Wings a bone. Yes. We're like, because you can still sell. Oh, they're close. You know, like you can sell that there's a race. Yeah. Especially the Red Wings were 500 at the beginning of the year. They were fourth and fifth place. Like you can sell that. But right now, there's no selling the Red Wings. And even so, like <clears throat> um, the NHL has been guilty of this. Like, well, I guess last year and this year, because Florida wasn't like a high selling team either. Now this year was a little bit different story at the beginning of the year because they kind of had a, a very positive outlook starting the season. But, like, if any other year you look at that over the last five, six years, you're like, really national television game, Florida-Detroit, which I know it's not those five, six years, like, but still, like, yeah, like that's just kind of – it was kind of weird, but. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Completely. I like listening to Bucci. Yeah, back on Dom Moore, though, he, he said someone is like, the Red Wings, he's like said, I had a quote here, the Red Wings don't know how to defend. Yeah, it was a power play. <laughs> like they were talking about the Red not knowing how to defend like a rush. It was a fight, like because the, the Panthers got entry. It was like, well, it was, it was a power play. So I mean, the Red Wings don't know how to defend, but you're saying in the wrong context. So that was what I took out of that game. Not much. Um, yeah, there are a couple things though we can move on to off of these games. Um, one I did forget to mention right away, like in this, the Red Wings made an interesting signing. Um, oh yeah. I know it feels like ages ago, doesn't it? Um, Magnus Helberg. Um, yeah, 31 year old goalie, Swedish. Uh, most recently played uh, this season in the KHL. 
Um, yeah, the Red Wings signed him to a one-year deal, and we're all thinking, oh, so, so it's for next season. Uh, no, and then Max Boltman tweeted that it was for the rest of this season. And we're all like, there's nine games left. When is he going to play? We have two goalies. Is Thomas Grice out? And then Grant, Grant and I were talking about it, and he's like, oh, it's probably to help out the Griffins. Nope. He comes out in a Swedish interview saying, no, oh, it isn't an NHL deal. I, he basically said the, the AHL is irrelevant to him at this point, which I kind of liked. It was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, um, uh, it's very interesting. I mean, we can break down his stats real quick. I mean, 37 games this, uh, this year in the KHL, 2.42 goals against, save percentage of 917. Uh, he was originally drafted by the Predators in 2011. Uh, he's only made four career like appearances in the NHL. And he did win uh, one of his, like, one of the, he, I think he only had one official start for the Rangers. And I mean, he had good numbers. Again, probably sheltered and whatever. But um, over the past, like, six years, he's been one of the better goalies in the KHL. Record of 81, 64, and 14. Save percentage of 927. Played for Sweden in the Olympics. Um, again, good numbers there. Very interesting. Um, but yeah, what did you guys think initially about the signing? Uh, I said that it would either be to help out Bradstrom to get him off the complete workload because he has no help right now with Pickard out. And then I said maybe it's a flyer for next year, and which it ended up being a flyer. And yeah. it sounds like it was more of they are trying to get him in when Grice was hurt for goalie help so they could keep Pickard down and have run him as a backup. Yep. And now I think it's more of just, uh, I guess, give him a chance. Why not? But I wouldn't get too gung-ho about it. Yeah, it did sound like I think they said it was weeks ago that they actually agreed on a contract and it was when Grice was hurt. But obviously with um, passports and whatnot and getting approved, it took him a while for it to actually get through and get a visa to come over here. Um, but, yeah, I like it. Um, again, the Red Wings need to get a little creative because, I mean, the goalie market's going to be – there's not too many guys like I've looked at it from a backup perspective next year. There's not a lot of guys. So I don't think you're bringing back Thomas Grice that knocks off one name. Like the guy, like I think makes the most, like would be make most sense would be Braden Holpe, but he's gonna be a guy that's in high demand. Philly Huso is gonna be making starter money at this rate. Uh, Jack Campbell is gonna be making starter money. Like you're, then you're looking at trading for guys like Anton Hudobin, who not good, and I don't want anything to do with that. Uh, maybe Amigo Koskinen. Yeah, I mean, it's just like a bunch of guys here with question marks. So you might as well, if you're going to take a question mark, you might as well take a cheap question mark, right? And if it worse yeah. comes to worse, you send them down and you try to try another cheap question mark instead of investing $3 million into one. Um, his numbers are promising in the KHL. He's big, 6'6", 31. I mean, I like that he went to Europe and got better and he's coming back and now wants an NHL chance. And he knows he he knows it's not guaranteed that he's gonna come back to the Red Wings this year. It's more so for him to get it showcased at the national level and to, to get an NHL job next year. But I mean, it is likely it's kind of like what the um, the Leafs were trying to do with Harry Sateri. But obviously, yeah, claimed by Arizona. And now he's getting shelled nine to one versus Calgary. Yeah. But, <laughs> but anyway, I mean, at this at at this point in the season as well, with six games left, I want Hellberg to get three of those. Will it happen? Probably not because Blashill doesn't care, but I would like him to just to see what we have. I mean, it's hard to base three games off of anything, but it's better than basing zero games. Better than signing a guy and not using him at all, 
which is yeah, like I'm, I'm, with nine games left. That, that that's where like it threw me for a screwball. I was like, this is weird because I thought like once Grant put that in the chat, well, he's going to go down to the Griffins. I was like, okay, that makes sense. You know, you get him back to North America, and because obviously he had stated that he wanted to get another crack at the NHL and stuff. So I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But then once his interview came out saying, he's like, no, I'm, I'm staying in the NHL. Like I'm not, I'm not going down to the, to the jungle. <laughs> um, yeah. And then it really, it really confused me. I was like, oh, okay. And then, I mean, I understand starting Grice in New York because of his history there, but like, why wouldn't you start him in any of these games? Like any one of these games over the weekend? Uh, he had like he had like no practice for a while so i understand that um especially because the new york game he came he literally had one skate before it and then it's a back-to-back with the panthers so it's it's again hard to because there's no morning skate even there so he's still only one skate with the team so i'm i'm looking at this week to be where he gets his slate of games to be honest i mean we have tampa florida uh Pittsburgh, which is just gonna be terrible. I mean, awful, That's an easy awful schedule. week, awful week to start for him. Oh man, I don't, I don't. Maybe know. He, what's that? Maybe even if we get shot, like shell shocked, and he starts one of those games, he you know faces like 40, 50 shots, and still plays stellar. Maybe that gets him a deal somewhere, or I mean, that's, up, yeah, that's, him him or you know? that's all he's looking for. I mean, again, yeah. like I think, I think the Red Wings signed him with the intent, like they probably like have it, like. He said him and Steve Eisman's discussions will stay private in his um, presser when he first joined the team. But I'm sure there was some like, like inkling. That's not inkling. Yeah, that's the word. Towards that, hey, if you play well in a couple of games, you'll be back next year in a backup right. role. Um, but again, it, it's up to Blash. I'll put him in. I'm pretty sure. Eisman had a conversation with him. He's like, listen, this guy's going to get in, whether you like it or not. I'm pretty sure at this point, but again, who knows? It's hard right. to know conversations between coach and GM at this point, but especially a GM especially, like Eisman. Exactly. Exactly. What I was just going to say, especially like Steve with Stevie. Yeah. Yeah. And again, uh, I, again, it's, it's something, it's something to look forward to, at least as, for us as fans. Also his sick setup. Oh, so nice, disgusting. Also, I love like people are pointing out on Twitter is like, yeah, this guy's not like this guy's this guy's intending on staying because nobody spends that much money on a fresh set of pads to play a couple games for a new team. Like customization, you know what I mean? Like that's full yeah, on yeah. Red Wing stuff. Like he could have just bought all white pads. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, he's had some time to customize them. So. Yeah, I guess like I was I, I read something that he like obviously when the when they first we're on signing i'm like that's when he made the order and brian's like got it back to him that fast which is really cool like that's hard to do and also ship it to america i, I mean actually well brian's is probably located in north america at least so by waiting yeah. for him but still pretty cool um yeah i like that and i was excited because i'm like this is gonna be the start of this is when the red wings are gonna sign ben myers later today too because it happened same days but no ben myers signs in colorado and i was that's bummed cool. Yeah, typical rich get richer, as I say. Um, but it makes a lot of sense because Grant, like we talked about with him signing in Minnesota, I mean, you got guys in a cap crunch and he's probably gonna get minutes. Uh, next year, same thing with Colorado. You have Burkowski, Natushkin, and Kadri, all free agents, and probably I'd say two out of three will leave. Yeah. And you have New Hook, they'll move up, and then you'll have Ben Myers probably in a third line spot. Yeah, true. Which is good. And he then- looks. 
he he looked good his first game. I mean, he scored. Um, I I mean, he didn't I play. Mean, he didn't play that much, but I, I liked what I saw the first couple shifts. I didn't watch the whole game. I watched like first half of it. And I scored. Notice him any way different than Darren Helm plays every game. <laughs> Darren Helm was a scratch. I, I, in this in this case, I do kind of like you doing the hat, glass half empty because then people won't, won't be bummed about losing Ben Myers and we can just get hyped up on Pont- Pontus Andreasen. Who's suspended two games. Don't get too excited. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I kind of like his edge he's playing with. Just just doesn't get his way and throws the elbow in the guy's face. You got to respect it. <laughs> that was bad. Um, I do like – I'll shout out ESPN Plus for once, but I do like that they have the SHL playoffs on ESPN Plus now. That is cool. Um, and, of course, I did – it's tough because I actually had time, so I watched um, Fralunda versus um, Luia um, Sunday. Yeah, right before I went to Easter and stuff. I watched it in the morning, and uh, unfortunately, Edvinson and Andreasen aren't playing. And then Theodore Niederbach barely played in the first period, so that was a bummer. So I got no, I didn't get much out of it, so that was tough. Um, I'm going to try to watch tomorrow morning, though, because they play in the morning. But, um, yeah. I do like that. Um, also, shout out to Albert Johansson too, scoring today. That was a sick goal. Um, yeah. So we can go on to the, uh, the most pressing matter in Red Wings land right now. Um, Dylan Larkin now being out the rest of the season. Um, he underwent um, core surgery, which I'm not sure when he would have underwent it because, like, the Red Wings played. He played Sunday afternoon, and then it was announced Monday afternoon that. He had surgery, so did he just get it that night? Was this a plan probably thing? The, that's what I, that's the first thing the, I thought of. It was probably this morning, first thing this morning. It's not like a huge surgery. It's just a what is it, yeah. not oblique, but like abdomen type of thing, core muscle, right? Yeah, it said core, which <laughs> I'm assuming, and it's like eight to ten weeks recovery, which again, like yeah, that's what, not that's super what Crosby serious. had. Yeah, what Crosby had done a year or two ago, a couple, maybe three. I don't know. But right. he was out for he had it just after his birthday, so he only missed a couple of weeks of the season, and then he got COVID. That's right. I, I believe, do remember this. I now. believe yep. that was this year. I mean, I was, so. this year was his wrist, actually. Maybe I this year was remember, his wrist. But, no, this year was yeah. his wrist. Um, but yeah, Dylan Larkin now out for the rest of the year. Only six games, and I think we kind of like could guess something was going on with. You look at the practice, um, they tweet out the lines of practice, and it's always Dylan Larkin maintenance day. Uh, Philip Ronick maintenance day as well. Dylan Larkin maintenance day, like next day. And Blasio kind of was just being hush-hush about, hush-hush about it. So it must have been an injury where he could play through it and there wasn't too much pain or there wasn't going to be dam- like there wasn't going to be further damage to it where he could play. Because I know Grant and I, like we talked about, I don't know if it was on here or just like on a phone call, but we talked about like, why don't you just shut him down then? earlier right yeah, i mean like, I, I, but like so it must have been something that wouldn't have hurt him further but he wanted to keep playing which again like shows his character but also like i don't know if it's again it's tough because playing hurt and you could argue it wasn't 100 percent. you want guys to be playing at 100 percent, but it also shows that he still cares at this point in the season so it does set an example so i'm kind of mixed on that point yeah um, it might have been one of those one of those things where it needed to be done, but it was minor enough to where he could play a few more games <clears throat> or play through the pain and stuff. And then they just kind of set the date for this morning. Yeah. Type of deal. So then the agreement was he'd play out the remainder of the games that he could until he went mm. under the knife. Or he just got sick of losing and decided to get surgery. Yeah. That could be too. I mean, 
did, just didn't tell anyone. And, and like all of a sudden the Red Wings are like, oh, wait, he got surgery. <laughs> um, I do like how he just stopped at point on point number 69 and just like, yeah, I'm done. Or that. I think yeah. he's 69 and he's like, yeah, this is where I want to end this year. That's what I would have done. Yeah. No, I do. It like Dylan Larkin's season should be looked back on as a positive. He had a great season. I mean, again, like he struggled and we'll get like that whole line struggled this stretch here. We can all agree on that. But for the majority of the season, Larkin was the Red Wings, but he was the Red Wings best player. Um, had a, He had a career year on pace to beat his career record, like his career total, like a uh, career highs and goals and points. Um, and again, like, I think he, after a year where he struggled was about a half point per game, wasn't really playing to his best. He came back and proved that he, he is a true number one center. Grant, look, like you want to say something? Uh, nothing crazy. Just, I don't, think he was the best player this year for the Red Wings. I think Cider would would be my best player. I think okay. Larkin has been the best forward this year. Okay. Well, game in, game out. Yeah. I do think recently the span of the last 20 games, that whole line has been atrocious. Um metrics and everything. I if you look at their metrics on the first half of the season compared to the lot the back half, they almost every game they were on top of uh, game scorecards, the three of them all together, and now mm-hmm. almost the last probably 15 out of the last 20 games, they have been at the bottom all three together. Yeah, defense Just, mostly. And so, this is it comes to a point to me where I, I don't know if they have an analytical department or if they're just oblivious to who they think is playing good or bad. Why would you not? I've preached this so long for. Lately, why would you not split the three of them up? I I don't see why you don't try something new. It's obviously not working. Bertuzzi and Larkin both lost Mojo, which Raymond lost Mojo too. Mm-hmm. Why are they all playing together? It makes no sense to me. Yeah, we talked about that last week too, like how the line wanted, like we wanted to see something different from that line. And I agree completely. Like, they were struggling the last half of the year, and again, I don't. I want. I don't know how much it is to do for Larkin's injury and Raymond being a rookie, being nine. Like he just turned twenty, but being and it's him hitting, playing the most games he's ever played in a season, and hitting that wall, and Bertuzzi, Bertuzzi's game falling off as well. Um, it it kind of like, and I, I guess an excuse for Bertuzzi would be, he's a new dad. That's kind of a big thing. You notice, like when his his fiance had the kid and from now uh like i like that's like his big fall off i feel like for me for me anyway was kind of around that timeline lack yeah, of sleep time. he's probably dude's probably exhausted yeah, it could be maybe. that's not that's not something that should be i mean i i'm not like that's not a complete excuse but it could be something right um and yeah i don't know like going back to like why they didn't split that lineup and stuff. Somebody, well, today at work, we we're talking about it. And uh, he goes, why would you split that lineup? I go, why wouldn't you? This is the time of year when you're already eliminated from playoffs to see what you can work with. We have to work with going into next year. And he's like, oh, it's true. But then you brought up the point, like, with Raymond being there. I think maybe one guy would have been split up off the line. 
whether it pro- probably would have been Bertuzzi because Larkin's number one C and then him and Larkin played so well together and also kind of pr- maybe trying to protect Raymond a little bit. I don't know, like confidence-wise. Because he has been what it so was good. For most of the, I think it's what it was for most of the season, to be honest. Yeah, and like ultimately, he, I think he deserves to be there too from what yeah. I've seen. So who know who knows what the what actually went on in the locker room and in the decision making but i guess just protect raymond from what though what is he trying to protect raymond from this late in the season where you could put him on any other line and he still has that same protection you no, put I'm, him with bertuzzi I'm, go ahead i'm sorry you put him with bertuzzi or anyone else i i guess that he still has that protection i, I like, i'm more so protection okay oh go ahead Okay, I'm cool. sorry. I'm, I keep interrupting. Um, yeah. I'm more so kind of viewed as like that was the decision made in the beginning of the year that Ray, like Raymond was going to play with Larkin, and that's how like Raymond was going to get his cookies early and get that confidence up. And I feel like Blashill kind of got into the habit. He's like, all right, cool. That that's just my those are my guys. Those are going to be locked in. And he struggled to get away from that. You can't just you shouldn't be a coach of any sort at any level if you have to keep the same guys on a line all season. Well, that's if, something fall, if, some, if something falls apart, you cannot just keep it on. They fell apart a long time ago. That's yeah. why he's going to be fired. I have so <laughs> many. That That is one of my biggest issues this year with him is not separating the two of them to see what else you can bring. Yeah. Why not? Why would you not try Verona there after injury when mm-hmm. Raymond and Larkin were struggling together? Yeah. I do want to point out before, like, I want to get into, like, different line combinations possibly to finish out the year, but I do want to like Larkin, like I wish him the best recovery and hopefully he'll come back and just as strong as he started this season to come in the next season. Cause I do think like he's been again, best forward, at least if not best player, depending on who you ask in the, on this podcast, but I'm wearing my, uh, my Dylan Larkin punching Matthew Joseph t-shirt today <laughs> in support. So uh, shout out to Dylan Larkin, but um yeah, kind of going off of your point, I would have. I don't know why they didn't try Verona with Larkin. They they had him out like the one of Verona's goals against Philly. They had him together and and Larkin set up Verona real nicely, and that was like the only time they did it. They've never played since Verona's been on the team has not played with Larkin. Arguably, your most dang, your, your most dangerous score with your best forward. Not I guess the thought has never crossed his mind. Um, but I think this the end of the season, a silver lining. Again, we're gonna throw back to that word again. Um, trying to find a usable second line for next year. Uh, Grant mentioned like wanting Verona with Larkin. I'd love to see Raymond on the second, like maybe like Valeno, Raymond, and Bertuzzi. I don't know if I'm off on that. that. I honestly, truthfully, I just want playoffs to start and I don't want to see another game. Is that bad? I don't want to see another line combination before this. I I want. The season to be over for next year. He said to be next for next year. Uh, Yeah, like Grant. This is all about. This all about. Okay, sorry. This is all about (laughs) reps again. Like I still, as much as this team has drove me up a wall, then this season I'm still gonna root for him every game. Like that's not what's like. I want what's best for the team, and right now, like the best of the team is to end the season strong. Okay, Um, my first line would be uh, Berger and Valeno and Raymond. Ooh. Okay. Verona, Bertuzzi, and uh, hmm, Suter. No, we need a center. Uh, <laughs> Rasmussen. I know. Uh, Chase Pearson. No. Uh, 
Dom Shine. Oh, okay. Um, he had to sign with the NHL deal, though. Yeah, my third line would be Harosi, Criscolo, and um, Trent Bliss. Uh, <laughs> my fourth line would be Max Humitz, um, Chase Pearson. Obviously on a PTL, though. Yeah. <laughs> Chase Pearson. 45 different times throughout the season. <laughs> Chase Pearson and. Well, we're um, playing 7D, so we're going to call Seth Barton. He's going to be 7D. Yeah. We're um, running at 7 11. But no, let's like, I want to be serious for a second. I want to like give me some serious lines, what you're looking at on this lineup right now. Because like, obviously, they're probably going to do Pew Suter as first line center, unfortunately. So in that sense, I don't want Raymond with Suter. To be completely honest, I want Raymond with Valeno. So that's what I, that's what I'm kind of looking at. So like I'm thinking Raymond Raymond Valeno Bertuzzi as a line. Why not put that as your first line then? What's the matter? Well, it is Jeff Blash. It is Jeff Blashill. Yeah, but at this point, well, also like we did say that, but at this point, Blashill shouldn't be making the calls. I know he's behind the bench and. Stuff like that, but ultimately, I think it, at this point, like we all agree, he's gonna get fired. A lot of Red Wings fans agree he's gonna be not here next year. Mm-hmm. It should just be Steve Eisman, whatever he wants in the lineup, should be how it. Yeah. How how what what we see the product on the ice or what combinations we see on the ice? Sorry. Yeah. To see what product we get for we what product we can kind of try and get in this last eight or nine games. How many? Eight left? Six left? I don't know. Six left. Yeah, six left. <laughs> um, to see maybe what might happen or could happen for next year. I agree, hundred percent. I'm, I'm again. I'm looking at Joe Valeno to step up and get more minutes. Will it happen? Probably, probably not. not. <laughs> but going to roll him as the fourth line center now and move Stevens up and then move Rasmussen up because why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they just put Ernie at first line <sighs> center? Nuts. I hope well, they not. had him on fourth line wing last game, right? Yeah, they did. Yeah. I, well, I'm just hoping with the call up of Pearson now. So you have four centers you can use in um, Suter, Valeno, Stevens, Pearson. Well, they were using Rasmussen as center last game, so I know. Yeah. Obviously, I, your your logic right now is not Jeff Blaschel logic, so you should. Stop I know, talking. unfortunately. So I need to look at it. Stop Jeff talking a lot. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Jeff Blaschel logic, we're going to be running Rasmussen, Ernie, and Raymond on the first line. To protect oh Raymond, oh and then God. Rasmussen is going to develop into that third line checking center that we've always <laughs> wanted. And Ernie's more than a fourth liner. Holy, oh my God! Yeah, I actually could think just just like Jeff Blashill if I wanted. That to. honestly is not that far off. To yeah. <laughs> you just did. You, you, it's scary. You can. It's, it's scary because that might actually be a thing. Another another comment. I wouldn't mind Zadina and Raymond as well because that's something I feel like could work more as well. But again, I need maybe maybe it's just Grant's right, and I don't need to think about it. Yeah, you shouldn't think. Steven, Zadina, and Raymond. I don't hate it. <laughs> I don't hate it to be completely honest. Uh, I that wasn't like Jeff Blaschel thinking. That was me as a joke, actually. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Which um, still has more logic than Jeff Blaschel thinking. So yeah, it does. <laughs> and that's it our, does. that's an NHL head coach calls. Yep. And again, I said I said in my article today, it's hard to imagine Jeff Blaschel behind the bench of the Red Wings next season. So regardless, I'm kind of just like trying to take the positives out of every game. 
I mean, granted, this season there wasn't that many. Or not this season, excuse me, this past week. There wasn't a lot. Um, but I'm trying. But, you know, maybe hope's on the way in the SHL. I think we can move over to finish off on some fun stuff. But uh, the SHL Rookie of the Year nominees came out, and uh, two of them are Red Wings property. Well, one unofficially, but one legit. Uh, so Simon Evanson, Pontus Andreasen, and Linus Carlson all up for the Rookie of the Year. Um, I looked up Linus Carlson. Really good numbers. I think he's actually going to win it. Yeah, I don't see why he wouldn't. He's got sick numbers. Yeah, he's good. Also scored a Michigan, so Larry Murphy hates him, so it's official. Well, yeah, it's not lacrosse, it's hockey, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. So he hates he so he hates he hates the Michigan. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it's fun. Um, but no, I yeah, I it's pretty cool though. The red like two guys the Red Wings have are nominated for that. I mean obviously Andreas is twenty three, so it's a little bit different. I mean Carlson's twenty two as well, but uh Edvinson being 18, 19. He's 19. He's 19 yeah. now. He just turned 19, though. So, yeah. chewing on that. Uh-huh. It's my phone case. <laughs> it broke. Right. All right. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to move past that. But anyway, um, <laughs> that's interesting. Good night, uh, everybody. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. How, that might be the way to wrap up, honestly. Um. Yeah, like uh, Luea versus um, – God, I'm still laughing about that. It's, it's so Olanda. For Olanda, thank you. And then uh, Farish Yed. That's not how you pronounce that. Uh, they're playing uh, Brogla. And also, there was also – Brogla? The I said Rogla. Brogla. Brogla, just like all yeah. the bro- – Well, it's going to be Brogla. <laughs> I, I did not say that. He did. Okay, whatever. Anyway, it's gonna be it, yeah, it's gonna be Brogla next year because uh, Niederbach, according to the Swedish report, is gonna be joining a uh, buddy William Wallinder. So look at that tie-in. Yeah, that's what you said on purpose. You said Brogla on purpose. You're putting words in my mouth, but I was able to I was able to work it in. It's I want you good. to listen back and hear yourself say Brogla. I mean, I will I will listen back and I'll hear that I said Rogla. So actually, I think it's not like Rugla, like the actual pronunciation. I don't know. I need to have someone who speaks Swedish like tell me everything I'm saying wrong because I want to say stuff right. Um, but yeah, again, I kind of previewed this week. Um, it's gonna be another fun week for the Red Wings, you know, Tampa, Florida again, uh, Pittsburgh to finish off. It's gonna be great. I sounds like a terrible week for myself. Sounds like sounds like three wins, if you ask me. Magnus Helberg wins uh player of the week, first star, three shutouts. It's gonna be great. Um, yeah, I think that's gonna do it for this one. Unless you guys have anything else you wanted to mention, Red Wings topic wise. No. All right. No, um, I'm good. Yeah. I think this will wrap this up. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, make sure, yeah, follow us on Twitter at TPL Pod. Um, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave a review, get us up on those charts, uh, support inside the rink. And yeah, thank you for listening.